This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is shrine and its fans delay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, Jason Kim. And today's episode, the first episode of this season on this Arsenal fan season is, uh, is a special episode. I got a good friend of mine, a teammate, even a, a schoolmate. We met at Sejap, I think. Uh, I don't think we were ever in the same school, but we did meet around the... I think... So, I don't remember. But anyway, so this friend of mine is... His name is Greg. What's up, Greg? Hey, guys. How's everything... Uh... It's not much, man. Just excited to do this uh, podcast with you today. Yeah. Um, okay, first question. Uh, let's get it off. Let's get out of let's our get chest. Get out of the way. All right, let's go. Why are you an Arsenal fan and how? Okay, why? Let's start why, with the why. Why, why, am I, why am I an Arsenal fan? I don't think there's an actual answer for this. Um, you like to lose? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, you know, I love to win before I started liking to lose. I mean, let me tell you that. Much. <laughs> okay. But uh, why an Arsenal fan? Um, it's really hard to say. I think uh, there's just something about the club that... Uh, that I that I really enjoyed and it just I got you know stuck with me for for 15 plus years now and um was there a moment where you were like I'm an Arsenal fan I like this oof actually you know what now I do know why I'm an Arsenal fan I do remember uh the first time I ever heard of Arsenal was um playing uh, PES not PES but the bootleg version winning 11 yeah. I don't know it wasn't the bootleg version but it was winning 11 before it was PES and I remember the first team on the sheet was Arsenal, or actually it was North London Red. Um, <laughs> and that's where I just started. That, that's pretty much where I started. That was the first team on, on, on the sheet because of the, the, you know, the letter A. Yeah. I played them. We had some pretty good players on there. We had Burkamp, Henri. They made me win a lot of games. <laughs> and then I, that's, just, that's how I stuck with it. Do you know what's funny is um, Bobby Lee. Do you know the comedian Bobby Lee? Yeah. Uh, Tiger Belly podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. And... Um, he shared a story in old school, uh, in the old school uh, episodes of Tiger Belly as to why he became an Arsenal fan. And it was the same reason, is that he was playing FIFA and Arsenal was the first team at the top and also was the best team at the time because it, yeah. it was the Invincible season. And I'm starting to learn uh, that he's a very competitive gamer and he always chose Arsenal because like, he'd always win with them. Yeah. Like Henri would always beat the offside. He'd always dribble past <laughs> everyone, score from anywhere and stuff like that. You know, but but I think you know it's, it's really not on um, it's not uncommon to actually you know have people become fans from video games. Yeah, I mean it's like if you're because like you know like when you watch it on TV, you have to pay a subscription on on cable and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas uh, video games, you just buy like ten twenty at the time it was like ten twenty dollars, and then you just played once and then you play forever, and then it was like okay, this is my team. Yeah, that's my team. That's pretty much my team. Yeah. But like, what do you wait? What year was then? It was like two thousand one, two thousand two. I'm really bad with years, man. But uh, I, I think that sounds right. That does sound about right. Yeah, I was. It was back when the PS One was uh, was still uh, the big thing. So like, but like you're playing, you know, you're playing video games, right? Like there's Arsenal, but did you try other clubs instead? Like just see what they were like, and you're like, nah, Arsenal's for me. Even yeah, but okay. So so here's the thing though. Like I I I I liked Arsenal, uh, but I did play with other clubs for sure. It's just back at the time, um, I was really young. Maybe I was like 11 or 12, and nobody in my family was watching um, soccer apart from the World Cup or these, you know, big, big tournaments like the World Cup or the Euros. Right. So it's not like we had access, you know, week in, week out to the Premier League. Mm. Uh, so for me, it was literally the video games. And um, I played soccer at school. Uh, but in terms of if somebody would say, hey, wh- who, you know, what's your football club? Um, I wouldn't really have an answer for them. You know, up until the point where I started watching 
Arsenal on TV and yeah, that's pretty much when I actually started becoming a, a, a true Arsenal fan. So I didn't really have any any club up until then, okay. but I just do remember Arsenal on you know mm. video games. Right, hold on, I'll just, actually, I'll actually I'll bring that up. If you hear a dog barking in the background, that's my dog. Greg's in my humble abode. <laughs> uh, I have a dog and a cat, so you might hear background noises. I don't apologize because that's life, that's reality. But also, uh, but anyway, but. So you stuck with Arsenal since the video games, and when was the? Do you remember the first match you watched of Arsenal, like full match or just highlights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually do remember the first match because um, I remember I met a friend of my brother's. So at the time, I was I was never like I never watched any game, and I met um, I, I met a friend of my brother's who had casually mentioned that you know he was watching the Premier League games and Arsenal games, and he was an Arsenal fan at the time, and I was like, you know, like how are you watching these? And uh, that's when. Um, I got introduced to the world of pirating. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, he kind of showed me a couple websites. He showed me how to get these, you know, to get these streams mm-hmm. uh, without really having to pay for it. And um, I think my first, first ever game that I watched was Arsenal versus Newcastle. I don't remember what year, but I do remember the game and I do remember Van Persie scoring a penalty. Van Persie, oh, that's like... 2005 2006 maybe later a little later than that it was definitely a little later than that maybe around like 2008 2009 yeah that sounds better yeah yeah um it was at the emirates i've i don't think i've ever watched arsenal play at highbury Mm -hmm. so it was definitely an emirates game and it was at home and van Persie was a shit and i remember when i started watching arsenal Henri wasn't there anymore i think i started watching the year after Henri left okay um, I was following them in passing, but yeah, I think I started actually watching the seasons the year after Henri left, and Robin Van Persie became my my all time favorite player. Oh, I I have this jersey. He was the first ever jersey I got. So your all time Arsenal favorite is is Van Persie. Um, I don't want to say my all time, but when I first started watching, it was Van Persie. Yeah. So what? Okay. Be, be, besides them being the best team, was there? Uh, I don't know how to ask this because like okay, so here's the thing. So uh. I remember you asked me this question off, uh, well, before we recorded, and you're kind of like, you know, why, well, what, what's, you know, why talk about Arsenal fans, right, and yeah. get to know them and stuff, and, you know, for me, it was, um, if I do share my, uh, my biases towards, towards soccer, you know, like, you know, I like Real Madrid and Liverpool, but I don't care if Real Madrid loses, I don't really get bummed out, to me, it's just, they're fun to watch, they're just fun to watch, it's like a good movie. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Real Madrid's a good movie. Liverpool, I'm a little more emotionally invested because, like, I'm totally bought into the you'll never walk alone and all that <laughs> cheesiness. But I love it. It's like, it's they remind me of the Canadians, you know? Like, they'll never win <laughs> until they do. They will, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's a heritage club. It's old school. It's working class people and stuff like that. But um, at the end of the day, I'm a Montreal fan. I only care about Montreal. That's the one team that bums me out. Like, I'll be upset if we lose a bad... If, yeah. if we lose a game in a poor way, I'll be upset, visibly upset. If Liverpool loses, I'm like, oh, you know, it's okay, whatever, it's fine. But so I think maybe you're a diehard Montreal fan above everything else. I mean, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing is that one of the reasons why I don't really care. I'm not that emotionally invested in Madrid is because uh, I find the fans really toxic, and like I'm just like I don't like that. Like the fan, like the Real Madrid fans are pretty toxic, mm-hmm. and Liverpool fans could be toxic too. But it's just it's a little different, and I realize that it's sort of. Um, it's a family. Like, if you're not from England or not from Liverpool, you don't entirely get what this feels like and what this means. You know what I mean? And then, do you feel like that with Arsenal? So, yeah, I was about to ask, like, what what is it about the toxicity of the fans that make that get you turned off? Is it because you as a person, you like to 
be with other fans or is it just the image of the club in general is tied to the fans and so you don't want to be tied to the image of the club as a fan oh that's a good one um no i just like it's annoying it's it's just annoying because it's unreasonable i think what takes me off the mo- i think a pet peeve of mine is that if you're just being unreasonable like when they were booing Cristiano Ronaldo because he hadn't scored in like two or three games, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Okay, so, so you know, it's funny because I I personally don't because I, I I think you're always gonna have toxic fans in any football. Of course, club, always yeah, right. And I think Arsenal fans, um, <laughs> for the most part, are pr- pr- I I wouldn't say for the most part, but I would say that they are pretty, pretty damn annoying. Yeah. Um, and I I think that they're toxic. I mean, don't get me started about AFTV. Oh yeah. Right. So, um, but I don't necessarily i try to distance myself away from the fans of arsenal from that perspective and i just try to view myself as like just the individual watching football club that i love Mm, i I couldn't care less about the other fans i mean for me it's really not about the other fans it's i don't know for me it's just about um myself and, and and the joy that i get watching arsenal lose no I'm just kidding like the joy that I get watching that team right so yeah. I get really bummed when they lose I you know I get pretty happy when they win um, a little less so nowadays because right. I think you desensitize yourself to all the shit that's been going on in the past couple of years but I do remember the you know I, it would ruin a, my weekend like it, it would really ruin my weekend if we lost and it's you know and it's not because um, you know I, I had to go to school and I had to endure you know my friends making fun of me because yeah you know that happened right but it wasn't. I don't think it's. I don't think you can compare it to the stories of of people that actually lived in London, right? And having to go to school and you know having their Spurs mates mm. give them shit or their yeah. coworkers give them shit. For them, for them, that's that's actually culture. For them, that's actually like that's part of who they are. For me, it's more. I'm just bummed, like for myself, because fuck, I love this club and I don't want to see them lose. It's not because I I care about other people making fun of me. Mm, okay, yeah, that 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 was the point because like. I, when I watched like grown men cry over soccer, like okay, we, we we've all cried at some point watching a yeah, game, yeah. or whether it's a beautiful game or we lost or winning like a World Cup, you know, like um, like when Liverpool won, I mean they over celebrated a little bit, not gonna lie, but it was understandable. But I realized that seeing how Scousers celebrated to Liverpool winning, I was like, you know, thirty years is a long time. That's sure. a, that's a full generation of a person, and I was like, oh, I don't get that. I don't understand that no. at all. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, for me, and like the last time the Canadians won was '93, and I was born in '92, so I don't remember any of that. And if the Canadians were to won today, it would it would definitely feel something for me because I'm part of the city. I grew up understanding the culture of the Canadians. Would you cry? I'm not a hardcore hockey fan at the end of the day, but I definitely would because I understand what it means for the city and what it means for us as Montrealers. You know, like that's interesting. Maybe you're just a selfless person. Maybe <laughs> no, because it's like because for you, it's you're thinking about the city. You're not really thinking about yourself. I think right? I just I just want to see people happy. Like it's a weird thing because I remember um, you asked yeah. me a question yeah. before. Um, this might be a little bit off topic, and it, it relates to that where you said you know, uh, what, like what was your motivation becoming a professional player? Because we all wanted to be, wanted our fantasize becoming pro players. Not really your motivation, but what is the one thing that you would love to feel as a professional yeah. player? Yeah, and I remember you. Your answer was. Uh, just the crowd cheering, right? Just the crowd cheering when you score a goal. Just imagine 60,000 or 60, whatever. Imagine at the Camp Nou. Oh my God. Dude, just imagine it's a Champions League night and even even if it's a shit goal, even if it's a fucking tap-in. Okay, just to hear that crowd just roar mm. because of you 
putting the ball in the back of the net from a fucking tapping. It doesn't have to be a really good goal. Yeah, now, yeah. now imagine a really good goal. Okay. Like a screamer. Like a, like an actual screamer, like a free kick or just like a screamer from you know maybe like a like a 20, 30, 30 yard screamer. Oh right? man. Champions League final. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a final. But I'm just saying, just just that reaction. Just just any type of reaction from that crowd, and yeah. then you're just running to the corner. Yeah, and I remember I answered. Um, I just like. To me, it's not so much. I mean, the goal obviously, like every goal. Like I mean, I still remember scoring a goal at the amateur level, like going top bins, like top, you know, top corner. Still, it's like that was like five years ago. I still think about that, you know. But it was like really well done. But I remember. Um, that was our moment. <laughs> but the thing for me was just to know that. Uh, I guess earning the respect from people and making people happy, not so much from the goal. Like I don't need to score a goal, just to know that we won as a mm. team, and people like you know you contributed to my happiness for the weekend. You know, like it's you know you know what I mean. Like no, that's a good point. That's a good point too. It's it's I mean it's different things. But. I'm pretty sure as a professional, if I scored a couple goals and if I'd felt that crowd cheer, my next you know mm. bit of motivation would be yeah you know make the fans happy too. <laughs> but then also like if I was a pro and I scored like amazing goals like that, I was like I want to I want this all the time. Yeah, like yeah. you know what I mean? I want that motivation. Sure. Do you ever have dreams? This is so random. Do you ever have dreams of playing at the Emirates? I don't know about the Emirates in particular or Highbury or whatever. Um. I have dreams of playing professional soccer. I, of course. I, just, I don't remember if they're at, at a particular stadium or anything. Because for me, I've only known the Emirates through TV. So. Oh, I see. Yeah. Like, I mean, but you've seen videos of Highbury, right? Would you rather play at Highbury? Or, I mean, just in terms of aesthetics, Highbury or Emirates? In terms of aesthetics, you can't go wrong with the Emirates. I mean, it's a beautiful stadium. It think, is. Right? Like, but the old schoolness of in Highbury. Terms of, in terms of atmosphere, definitely Highbury, I think. Um, you know, I've I, I, not that I've heard stories, but I mean, I've I've, I've read, uh, you know, people kind of complain or maybe make the comparison between the two is that, yes, the Emirates is a bigger stadium. Yes, you know, it's a much more modern stadium, but you'll never get the same feel of hybrid. You'll never get the same atmosphere. I mean, there's a reason why the fans were also a lot closer to the pitch. Mm, that's what you, I miss. You just felt, you know, from from not 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 that I know of, but like you just felt that. You know, as a player or even as a as a supporter on the stands, that you're just a lot closer to the action to the game. Yeah. So I think definitely from an atmosphere perspective, hybrid would be better. And okay, like I I remember I remember watching old videos of hybrid and just watching how close those uh those fans were, and I'm yeah. like those old school Premier League stadiums, you just can't go wrong. Nope. There's just something so imagine like because at, at at Saputo Stadium I'm like row three so I'm pretty close to the players I know that if I scream loud enough they will hear me <laughs> you know I'm I've talked I've talked mad shit to the linesman before I, <laughs> you know you don't even strike me as that kind of person right? no but like if you do something really stupid I'm like I remember <laughs> oh first thank you yeah. <laughs> like I think the one thing I t- I said to a linesman because he just was not calling the offsides I'm like hey you want to switch spots because we're doing the same thing right now. And I know he heard me because he just kind of twitched his head a little bit. I'm like, yeah, fuck you, you know? <laughs> By the way, guys, this is, this is how Canadian uh, he yells at a linesman. <laughs> I was talking mad shit. <laughs> okay, that, <laughs> I, that was just me talking mad shit to the linesman. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a good Christian boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. I mean, like, what's funny because most of the linesmen are like... Um, they're like Canadians from outside of Quebec and everyone's just talking shit in French so I know they don't understand what oh, they're saying yeah. so I'm the only one speaking English to them well it's not like they're listening to me anyway but it's you know it's just it's, know, but like it's still guessing their head I mean it, yeah it's pressure it's a lot of pressure for sure Um, like for example like oh actually have you been to an Arsenal game? no oh man 
I have not been to an Arsenal game. Have you been it's to definitely, London? It's definitely like in my bucket list. I haven't even been to London, but I think for me, I've always said if I do go to London, there's no way I'm not going to an Arsenal game. Of course. I remember uh, I went to West Ham game because I tried getting to an Arsenal game and it was impossible to get tickets. Oh, really? Um, who what, were... what game was it though? Like, Was it an important game or was it just it was, like a nah, it was It was against Wolves before Wolves was good. It was like the first season back Shit, in the Premier man. League. I don't like my chances. <laughs> like, it, it, do you know? Because okay, this is how it works. It's uh, they first sell tickets. I mean, season ticket holders will yeah, get yeah. yeah first dibs, of course. Um, members who don't necessarily have season tickets, but they have first dibs on any game they want. Yeah, and those sell out quick. And then those members tend to resell those tickets, and that's why they're so expensive. Mm. And also, those tickets alone are quite expensive. Like the most expensive season tickets in yeah, the yeah, Premier League. That's what I heard. And uh, I was like, okay, it's hard. I, I can't really get tickets. I got tickets to West Ham game. West Ham and who? Uh, West Brom. And it was uh, 41 pounds. And I was like, row 16. So I was like, pretty close. And it was the first season at the new stadium, at the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Stadium, I think it's called, or London Stadium. Sure. I f- whatever. And I remember just thinking, I was like, this is 41 pounds for a West Ham game? And they tied 2-2, and it was the funniest thing because uh, they were winning 2-1, and it was like five minutes of stoppage time, and then they subbed on this, like, uh, Tom, Tom Carroll, I think his name is, like, this older... Black... It wasn't Andy Carroll. No, not Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll was on the bench, though, but it was uh, this Wash player. And all the fans around me were, like, <laughs> this immediate air of, like, oh, no, we're not going to win. <laughs> we're not going to win. Oh, this. shit. It was the funniest thing because they were right. Because West Brom scored a last-minute header, and that guy who was subbed on was supposed to mark that guy. Oh, man. And he didn't mark him properly. And I just saw all the fans just, like, violently slump to their chairs and just put their hands to their face. They're like, fuck, man, it's fucking... <laughs> no, there was going on. It was... Man, they're savages, man. I know the these English fans are absolute savages. And there was a fight that happened outside. I was like, I'm getting the full, really? full British experience. I'm like... So I can only imagine an Arsenal game. Imagine like you went to an Arsenal game, you walk nah, out. Arsenal, Arsenal fucking fans are very like timid. They're tame. But like imagine you walk outside, you see AFTV just there. Would you would you get in? No. Oh no? I'd probably just go around to see like what all the commotions about. But I, I wouldn't be the. I don't want to. You don't, don't want to associate? Be, no, not really. So what is it about AFTV besides the? Because fact- the thing is like even with AFTV, I, I think like personally, I, I I consider myself a level-headed person, so I think. If they interviewed me, I really don't think I'd be. I would even make the cut because it's not controversial enough. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, fuck them. I don't you know. I don't. I don't. Even, I don't even watch them. I, I never watch these guys. Anymore. Actually, you want to explain to the audience who might not know what AFT, AFTV is? Um. So, AFTV Arsenal Fan TV is pretty much a. I think it's a third party. Yeah, it's nothing third party. This is they're not associated with the club. It's, it's like, like an independent guy. Yeah, it's it's just this independent guy or maybe like a team of guys um, or girls uh, <laughs> that <laughs> that um, it's just Arsenal related. They, they just do media that's all Arsenal related. Um, so um, they usually wait outside the Arsenal stadium after the games and they'll interview fans. Mm. Um, but they're very notorious for uh, bringing this toxic energy into the club because they right. just interview and they air only the most uh disgruntled fans yeah of the club and everybody like i think fans from other clubs just like to look at us just to laugh at us because of right. aftv so that's why personally i don't like aftv is because it's just it kind of makes the club look like a joke especially when yeah you're putting in a spotlight the most disgruntled and annoying I want to call them annoying, but they're sometimes annoying, and you're putting them, you know, in spotlight. These these fans. Why do you think people get that angry at, at a football game? At the end of the day, it's just sports, right? Dude, so like, I don't know. I I don't know, man. Maybe because I think it's crazy because I've gotten angry. Of course, you 
at football games as well, especially at Arsenal games sometimes. And I'll and I'll, and I'll be like, I'll be messaging my brother, um, because we'll we'll both be watching the game and we're not you know when we're not together and we're messaging each other and I'll be just cussing left and right and I'm like this is ridiculous, this is stupid. Um, why do we get angry, man? I because we want to see our team win and I think when yeah. we when we when they don't win, I mean, it's funny because we're not the ones playing. <laughs> like we're not we're not the ones on the field right so it's like why are you so upset but um we still like to win and it's like what did you win i didn't win my t- my team won mm. i was like i um, you know what i'm saying yeah. it's like but you didn't win what do you care yeah but it, it's it's the image it's the image of the team like i have a theory though um because like you know i have like a background in like religion like my master's in yeah. religion and stuff I like to apply some of those things to football because I'm like, this is the only reason why people behave the way they behave. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like, um, you know, with faith, you you don't control anything. All you could do is just pray and hope for the best, right? When it comes to religion, for the most part, you could do all these rituals for these things that happen. But at the end of the day, it's God decides what, or the spirits decides. Sure. And football is the same way as that. You can play soccer, but you can't play that level, you know? And it's like, all you could do is sit there and hope and pray that your team plays well. And when it doesn't go your way and your ritual of paying, buying beer, uh, you know, mm. like waiting, anticipating, saving up your paycheck to buy that ticket to go to the game. And then you come out as like, you're a disappointed investor at the end of the day. You know, you're like, it's like, bro, I just wanted to win. I had a shitty well, week, yeah. you know, and now like Jesus is not helping me. With, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, that's the way I see it. And, and sometimes like when I see grown men get that angry, I'm like, dude, find another, find an extra hobby. Yeah, it's definitely. I think it's something to do with that. I think it's it's um actually talk about okay talk about Arsenal performance. How do you feel about them this season? They've been winning huh. Norwich and then that other game they won the other. I forget who they played the this Burnley one nil, yeah, but both one nil games. I mean, it seems things seem to be bouncing back, but the first the beginning of the season it just did not look well. So here's the thing. I think a lot of people are upset, but you kind of need to take into context everything that's been going on. Um, but like let's just, let's just look at the season first. Okay. So, the first game was non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. I'm talking like Arteta here, um, <laughs> because Arteta, you know, when he first joined the club, he said there are some non-negotiables about this club that we need to, you know, you know, I I, I need to put forth. But anyway, um, so yeah, the first game, Brentford, um, no excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we had to win it and we didn't win it. I think uh, that was a very that was a big disappointment, and you know, Arteta deserves all the criticism that goes and and the team, of course. They get all the criticism, but I will say this: we were missing maybe what six or seven of our first team players from so, injury or from, from international break and fucking stuff? from whatever, man. It, this is why we're a little bit unlucky. I think we were missing one due to we were missing a couple players due to COVID. Mm. Uh, we were missing a few maybe due to injury, and then I know we couldn't get Odegaard because of a work visa or like a work permit yeah, at the from time. The, yeah, yeah. So we were playing youngsters. Against Brentford, okay. still, it's it, it's no excuse because you should be beating a um, a newly relegated team, promoted team, you mean? Yeah, sorry, newly promoted team, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was no excuse. And then games two and three, I mean, come on, what are you gonna do? Fucking Chelsea and Manchester City. I mean, yeah, fair I enough. I mean, okay, yeah, what are you gonna do? I mean, <laughs> this is this is the state of Arsenal right now, where you know you just kind of have to hold your head up and be like, well, you know, if so, you get a draw, great. If you win, that's fantastic. If you lose, it is what it is. This is the state of Arsenal. I know a couple of years ago we would be competing against these teams, but whatever. Let's just move. So forward. where did so where did it go wrong? Because like I know like with football, it's tend it tends to be cyclical, right? Like Manchester United went through the slums. Liverpool had their slump. Uh, Chelsea had their moments, their slumps as well. Like what went wrong with Arsenal? Definitely like 
hard to pinpoint, man, because there's really no one. Um, I don't think there's one point in time where it, where it just started going wrong. But if I had to put if I had to put my finger on it, I think it was uh, when the Cronkies joined. What year was that? Do you remember? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Uh, Do you want to? Uh, we can check. Yeah, yeah. It keeps. Yeah. We can, yeah, we can check. But um, yeah, I think it was the year when Cronkies joined, and that was probably also. So here's a story that keeps going around: was that um, when, when Arsene Wenger was still manager of the club, um, and we had we had moved into the new Emirates Stadium. The whole the whole purpose of us to actually get the Emirates Stadium, you know, be more modern, have a bigger stadium, was for us to compete against the big boys. Right. Right. Um, because otherwise, there was really no way that we were going to be able to actually compete on you know on a, on a, on a grander level against Real Madrid, Barcelona for you know for these Champions League um, spots. Uh, but the one thing that they didn't really take into account was all this oil money coming into the Premier League. Uh, from like Qatar yeah. and Saudi Arabia. Yeah, we, yeah, I mean, like nobody, nobody could have seen this coming, right? Um, you know, Chelsea with Abramovich, uh, Manchester City. That's pretty much it, really. But <laughs> 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 no, that's pretty much it. But um, and then I guess the TV rights uh, as well. But I think you know it was a series of maybe poor investments, maybe at the end of the yeah. day. But I think. So yeah, you know, we had the stadium and, you know, we, I remember that there was a couple of years where we just couldn't buy any players and we were just going for fringe cheap players. Right. Um, I remember that. And there were complaints about why the fuck are we getting these shitty ass players? Uh, and then the argument was always because, well, we don't have the money. We're paying off the stadium debt. Fair enough. After the stadium debt's done, now we can actually start playing. Right. Um, jokes on us. That's when all the old money came in and that's when it just changed everything everything there was just money being thrown left and right you know a player that's worth 10 million or 15 million was now going for like 40 or 50 right everything's got inflated because of these guys by the way Cronkies came in in 2008 2008 fuck when did i start watching <laughs> <laughs> was about that time. so probably around the same time yeah yeah shit man dude there's something uh, something to be said about that but do you know do you find it crazy how back in those days a 10 million euro a 10 million pound player got you a decent good player yeah and then you go if you like 50 60 70 million will get you a player like Kaká or Ronaldo. Yeah. You know, and now it's like quadruple that. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And Manchester City I think set the tone for that when they start paying I think it was 50 million for a defender. Nobody or how much did they pay for Ederson? I think. Oh, I'm not sure. Uh probably like 35 50 million. He's probably like one of the that. most expensive goalkeepers at the time and everybody was just going batshit crazy. And then Liverpool they, topped that with Allison at 50 mil. Yeah, but because Manchester City started that whole mm. goalkeepers are now very important. They don't just stop your shots. <laughs> they could dribble like They I, do, yeah, you know what I mean? Like and then it just kind of set the tone for for everything moving forward. Um So so do you okay, but with Arsenal going wrong, is it a lot of people blame Wenger, Arsene, Arsene Wenger, for a long time. It, it, I don't think that's fair. I wouldn't. It's not fair at all. I, I wouldn't blame Wenger. I mean, I think he had his faults, but I, um, Wenger had a tendency to protect um, the people around him, especially mm. the, the board. So I think Wenger was the perfect scapegoat for the Arsenal board. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate the way he left. But, you know, if you think about his final years... Um, Arsenal were already a club in decline mm. during his final years. Um, we were barely making top four. Well, no, actually, we were making top four. I think the season before, I think we were second, then we became third, then fourth, if I'm not mistaken. 
then fifth, and I think that's when Wenger got kicked out. Because mm, he was in fourth for like three or four seasons straight. It wasn't straight. We made top four, but I don't know if we were fourth for... Because I remember it used to be a joke online. It was almost yeah, like yeah, me. Yeah, top four, top four, top four all the time. But not top four, just like fourth. Fourth. Like fourth. every time someone had like a Premier League prediction, Arsenal, fourth. Yeah, like the same people that made those jokes were probably just kind of wishing and I, I i just wish we get fourth again <laughs> yeah at this point <laughs> yeah so it's funny how things turn out um but then like but then um sorry to drop but like uh but then i thought like arsenal would do well when they got in when they bought like obamiang like hazette uh mesut ozil alexis sanchez you know all those players i was like i was like yeah this is good so what went wrong with that arsenal are always one or two players away from actually a title competing squad. Oh, that's so at the time I think our defense was the biggest um it, it was the biggest chink in the armor. Yeah. Attacking wise we were always good. I mean like you said we had Ozil, Alexis Sanchez, man, that guy was incredible. Man. Oh my god. Those Sanchez that duo was, was amazing. Unbelievable. Just Sanchez alone was unbelievable. Yeah. Um but we, we always leaked in defense and and we never really had a strong goalkeeper. I mean you, an argument could be made for Chesney um, not a very strong argument. Yeah. Then we had fucking Almunia. I mean, come on. And then <laughs> Martinez leaves and becomes amazing at Aston Villa. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that 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 that's a different story. I mean, you can't blame Arsenal for letting go of Martinez and keeping Leno. I think it was a fifty-fifty at that point. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, who else do we have in that? We fucking bought Czech. I remember there was a yeah. season where we should have won. I think we came in second. I might be wrong. I, I I'm really bad with my years, but. I, I remember we brought in Czech was the only fucking signing we made that season yeah and it was a weird one from Chelsea to Arsenal yeah like I, it, was a, it was a very weird one but he was not he was not bad he was not that it, bad and it's still Peter Czech you know big name player he was not that bad he made a couple decent saves but I still but like I said like you're, we're always one or two signings away from competing and now it just seems like well before this season we were just five or six or seven signings right? like just <laughs> We're just digging a hole every single time. But Martin Udegaard, that's a great signing. Fantastic signing. It's, uh, I mean, like that when he came on loan last season from Real Madrid, I was like, that's a good loan for both parties. Fantastic signing. I always had a feeling he was going to join us. It's good because like, oh man, like I, just him at, him and Arsenal jersey just works. Yeah. It just works. I like, I like how he looks. First, superficially, he looks good in an Arsenal kit. And second, they needed a player of that talent on that team. You know what I mean? Like someone who could first dish the ball the way he does it's kind of poetic right like Ozil leaves and we got Odegaard oh my god yeah the you one have, you have like a different uh oh you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know like I don't know how you write the O on on Odegaard for Ozil's like two dots on top and then Odegaard it's like a line or it, like a squiggly I don't fucking know I think they're both supposed to be pronounced like or something. whatever man Uzil, yeah <laughs> but still like it's just kind of poetic how like you know you get one goes out and one comes in so what player do you think needs to go in Arsenal um, that's just a wash or a waste. That's just a wash or a waste. Just like excess. Not excess, but like just completely unnecessary. Who's on loan right now? <laughs> <laughs> Is Torreira still a fucking Arsenal player? I think he left for for good. I don't no, know. I don't think he left. I think he's still left. I. Uh, it's so it's weird. I I I don't know. I don't actually, Torreira. Do you think he was good? Nah. Nah. Okay. Nah. I don't know why people really liked him. Yeah, because like there was a lot of hype around him. I, I thought he was okay. Nah, he was fine. It was he was good in some cases, but there's a reason why he never made it. So I mean, he was okay. I just don't think he fit the system very well. A very scrappy player, great in defense, but what he couldn't do much else. He couldn't mm. pass. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I just never really. He, it never really did it for me. Oh yeah, and also Joe Willick going to Newcastle kind of was like 
I felt like that was a loss for Arsenal. That was a big loss, man, because Joe's an Arsenal boy. And he's he's really good. He's good. He's good. I, I wouldn't say he's really good. I think I. Th- so so here's the thing. It was pretty interesting because it's like imagine you get this player for I don't know how many years he's been playing at Arsenal and he's been mediocre and then all of a sudden he goes on loan and he starts banging in goals left and right for the past like for the last like 10 15 games mm. and his value skyrockets right yeah. his value must have skyrocketed like 15 million pounds in the last 10 games and he's also British so so it's what like... do you so as a club what are you gonna do like you know like uh... it, it's kind of hard it's like it's like you're holding on to a piece of stock that just skyrockets like a thousand percent. In, in a matter of months. Do you sell or keep? Right? So I think... Ah, I see. It's, it's hard to blame Arsenal for doing what they're doing, for or for, for doing what they did. Um, but sentimentally, or sentimental-wise, like I think... I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't have been upset if we kept him because he is an Arsenal boy at the True. end of the day and he's still a pretty decent but midfielder. But then if they kept Joe Willock, do you think they would have signed uh, Udegaard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You don't say no on that guy. Yeah, true. Especially like a guy from Real Madrid... Who's been coached by Zidane? I mean, arguably him and Zidane had a rocky relationship, but still, like he proven himself as like a Real Madrid player, and like there is that connection between Real Madrid players going to Arsenal and doing amazing in Arsenal, like yeah. uh, Ozil being the best example. That's true, but also for the fact that uh, he had a pretty decent six month loan. So from Arsenal's perspective, it's like we don't need to break this kid in anymore because he already knows how we play. Yeah, he's established, so he can come in and hit the ground running. And p- for thirty million, are you kidding me? It's good. I mean, why thirty million, dude? <laughs> this kid this kid's been a wonder kid ever since he fucking he started walking like, <laughs> I'm just saying man he was hyped ever since like the guy could say his first fucking words I remember I don't know if it was the FA Cup or the EFL Cup uh, but that Liverpool versus Arsenal game where it was basically the youth academies of both teams were, were fielded and Joe Willock scored that crazy fucking screamer man. He, uh, he 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 drew I don't know like he, he was probably like it was a solo goal it was, it was solo- a solo goal and he just fucking whipped banged it in it was well, like uh, that's it he like dribbled into like towards the middle of the field hits it like 20 30 yards out yeah. top corner and i'm like oh my god <laughs> oh my god i was like this kid's amazing like honestly he- joe um joe was touted i think as one of the most technically gifted youngsters at arsenal then uh, um, you yeah. lose him huh and you lose him and we lost him but and again right what are you gonna do with the stock that just jumps up a thousand percent and i mean that's a good point okay and- i want to say a thousand percent but like you, yeah you still get my point though so do you feel like do you ever wonder that maybe Arsenal's running, the people running Arsenal are running it too much like a business? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It's not just Arsenal, man. It's literally every club in the Premier League. Of nowadays. course, but like I mean, except for Leicester. Oh, I love Leicester. Yeah, I love Leicester. I too. love. I think if I find, if I meet someone who generally doesn't like Leicester, I'm like, there's something wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. There's like, there's you have a personal beef against the city of Leicester. But know? I would still like to hear their point of view because they might have a pretty good point of view as to why. Because I'm, I'm blind. Right, so I don't really see. I don't know of any problems at Leicester. I'm not. I don't follow Leicester. I don't think there's any problem. I mean, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Well, I mean, the only problem. The only problem they have is Soyuncu is being really garbage right now on defense. But mm. other than that, it's. Uh... Can I just point out one thing about uh, Soyuncu? It's funny because everybody. So William Saliba. Okay, I don't know if you know this kid. He's like 18. Yeah, defender. the French kid, right? He was like. The, "Quote unquote, the Mbappe of fucking defenders." So <laughs> I don't, this is this is like this is the this is the Arsenal fans on Reddit, by the way. It's like "quote unquote, the Mbappe of defenders." Oh, I, I don't know why this kid's not playing for us. Arteta out. He's such a shit manager. He, I, I, you know, I, I don't understand why. You know, we pay thirty million for this kid, and you know, he's not playing for us. Yeah. Everybody look at Soyuncu. He's eighteen. He's doing incredibly well at Leicester. Now what are you gonna fucking say, huh? What Wait, are you saying now? Soyuncu is eighteen. He's young like that, I think. Like, he, like early 20s, right? He's very young. Yeah, he's very, the, very young. The guy's Cause huge. Because the, the argument, and Saliba's huge too. The argument is, you know, the people who are pro 
loan Saliba. Mm-hmm. We're saying, well, he's not ready for the Premier League yet. And then everybody who wanted Saliba, who was like against loaning Saliba out, was like, yeah, but look at Sunichu. He's so young and he's doing super well. Yeah, but... Not anymore, fuckers. <laughs> you, see, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Arsenal fans are ridiculously reactionary. So, like, okay, you brought up Arsenal fans on Reddit. How are they on Reddit if Arsenal fans... I hate them all. <laughs> I hate them all, man. I will get downvoted to hell for defending my club. It's crazy. And I and I will take these fucking downvotes. I don't care. Because you know you're right. It's not that I know that I'm right. It's that I, I don't want to sound pretentious or anything like right. that, but it's just what other fucking choice do you have but support your club try to try to mm. look at try to look at the positives instead of the negatives i like that right? I like so that. it's like what else are you gonna fucking do piss and moan true right but everybody who's pissing and moaning is like voted to the top and like anybody who's, <laughs> who, who who has like just any type of voice of reason is like shut the fuck up stop saying shit stop talking shit i find that so hilarious i find that so funny that you know what what are fans called what is a a, a... fanatic Oh no! Synonym for fan is oh that too, but a synonym for fan is also supporter, right? You support your team, sure. You support your club, and it's it's. I mean, every club has their fanatics who will talk shit and be toxic. I mean, that exists yeah, everywhere, yeah. right? For sure. But like, I like the way you said it. You're like, what else are you gonna do but support them? You don't run the board. You're not in there. Yeah. You're not a coach. You're not a player. Like, um, there's an underlying frustration that is being vented through sports, and I'm like, it's good for you to vent it out this way. At least you're not hurting anyone. But at the same time, it's like, I really respect what, what you said was, uh, what are you going to do at the end of the day? Nothing. What are you going to do? I mean, like, you support the club through thick and thin, right? And sure, you can complain. I mean, look, I've had my angry moments and I've had my complaints as well. But right. At the end of the day, like, I try to focus more on what's going right um, rather than what's going wrong because I can't fix any of it anyway. True. Very true. I the- just fix my attitude towards it and I can be happy towards what's going right. Silver linings. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean... You know, as long as I'm not supporting Spurs, like life, life is good, man. Like, Did, okay, since you brought up Spurs, uh, I was, I think, I, like, I, I was watching Premier League as a neutral because it's definitely the best league to watch as a neutral. Like, because all every game is amazing, every t- every other team is yeah, amazing sure. to to watch. I think at some point I wanted an emotional investment to make it a little more fun, you know. And it's uh, I was I chose I ended up choosing Liverpool for whatever. Oh, because Luis Suarez went to Liverpool, and I was like, I gotta start watching now because this Plus guy. You don't like walking alone. Yeah, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, at the same time, that's when Gareth Bale was starting to make moves, and I was like, oh, this Gareth Bale guy is amazing. Yeah. And then he's linked to Real Madrid. I'm like, you know what? He's coming to Madrid. I'll watch him there. And then, um, if only I had known that Sung Min was going to uh, Tottenham. If I knew a Korean player, the best Asian player right now, was going to the Spurs, I would have been a Spurs fan for sure. Mm. I would have been Spurs fan. That makes a lot of sense. And speaking of Spurs, do you? Th- <laughs> who do you think is the bigger club right now? Cut the fuck out! Like, why? Do you, <laughs> why? Why is this even a topic like to ask? Like, are you just trying to rile me up? Answer here? the question, Greg. Dude, <laughs> it's like, of course, Arsenal is the bigger club. What? <laughs> you see, their trophy cabinet is as empty as like my will to. I don't know. I don't. I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, okay, no, I see. You cannot tell me that Spurs is a bigger club. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, okay, well. Maybe within the last five, ten years, they were outperforming Arsenal for sure. That doesn't make them a bigger, bigger club. <laughs> what the fuck? That, that, that's like saying Leicester's a bigger club than, than Arsenal, which it, you know is not true. No, it's true. No, that's a fair point. But would you say, if, if Spurs had been Liverpool at that Champions League final? <laughs> oh, man, that would have really hurt a lot of Arsenal fans. <laughs> a lot of Arsenal fans. Um, would they still have been a bigger club? No, because... One one trophy doesn't automatically turn you into a big club, man. Mm. 
but it, I, it, yeah. it it definitely you know it definitely puts you up there in the sense that you know you're getting there and and kudos and um you know fair play you deserve it but one trophy doesn't make you um a big club a big club just as one loss in a final doesn't make you a small club okay okay that's um I'll, okay that's a good point it's consistency you got to be consistent at the top so do you think chelsea is a bigger club than arsenal yeah uh yeah man you know it, it's hard in terms of maybe in terms of okay so w- let's define bigger what are we talking about bigger I, oh, like okay, if i go on question. instagram right now and we see who's got more followers arsenal's got more followers. yeah, yeah does yeah. that make them a bigger club i mean in certain uh, ways yeah right like because they're more global uh does that make them a better club no so if we're talking about better club I think Chelsea is the better club because there's just no argument to be made. I mean, their midfield—they're they're fucking they're animals. These guys. I mean, look at their look. They're starting eleven in their bench. Their bench yeah, would be yeah, the starting I, eleven. It's—it's it, it's, it's ridiculous. Like I don't—I don't cry much when I watch soccer or football, but that Chelsea team makes me cry. Oh, because so. it's so good. Yeah, it's so good, Greg. They're so much fun to watch. Chelsea <laughs> is so exciting. <laughs> like. <laughs> But I, but I think it's a good point you brought up was what makes it a bigger club, right? Like Atletico Madrid is now a proper big club. It's a massive club, yeah. But like when we were when I started watching Real Madrid, like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, they were not a big club. They were mm-hmm. like the scrap working class club. Like they were like Tottenham. They were the same level as Tottenham back in those days. Oh yeah, yeah, because like but they were still up there with, in, in terms of they're still top rivals, three. right? They were still top three. So but like they weren't Champions League. They weren't regularly breaking uh, into Champions League. Yeah, it yeah. was always Valencia or Sevilla before them oh that's true you know what i mean like sometimes it'd be third some days some years would be fifth but like i knew that every time madrid real madrid would play atletico madrid real madrid would win it would be competitive but i always knew real madrid was gonna win but now that's really not the case anymore because like simeone changed that club overnight and um and now i'm watching atletico madrid even if they haven't won they've only won like two or three la ligas in the last like 10 years but like the status they've achieved through those two three wins and making being contenders of Champions League, make it three Champions League finals. I'm like, yeah, they're a big club now. Yeah, they haven't won any of them, huh? No, uh, Champions League final. Yeah. No, they haven't won a Champions see, League yet. That doesn't make them a small club for losing three in a row. I agree. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's just, it must hurt that Chelsea won two Champions League. Does it hurt? Actually, does it hurt, or you're just more like, I wish something went right for us. It doesn't hurt. Um, it would hurt if Spurs won, but for me, it doesn't hurt Chelsea winning because. It's not a surprise. When you see Spurs fucking making it, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? But for Chelsea, it's just, it's not a surprise because, I mean, year, year in, year out, these guys compete for, you know, the Premier League spot. And they spend, man. They, these these guys, like... I mean, he's he's, he's like a Russian oil oligarch. That's what I'm saying. Like, he fucking spends, man. Like, 80 million on Kepa. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Kepa had, like, one good season at La Liga, at Athletic Bilbao. And then they buy him, and I remember buying him, and I was like, "Why? Yeah. Like he's good, but I was like, let the kid grow a little bit, let him scout him a bit more." And then when he went to Chelsea, it was kind of controversial, and he wasn't that great. He was getting shat on, and people were saying he was too short to be a goalkeeper at six foot. Oh yeah, yeah, like he's six foot, and I remember uh, not Chelsea fans, the pundits were like, oh, he's too short to be a goalkeeper." I'm like, "Fuck off, what about Barthez?" I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, ex- but I guess Barthez was just like he was, he was also a beast. But I think it's not fair because Kepa's only like at the time like he was only 21. I'm like, "Yo, like." Chill out on the youngsters. Do you okay? That, that brings my my next point. <laughs> Do you feel like we're a little too hard on the youngsters? Like Saka's only in 18, 19. Nobody's hard on Saka. But I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean loves Saka. besides the racists at the Euros. But uh, other than that, yeah, but that has nothing to do with him as a yeah, yeah, exactly. player. But are we too hard on the youngsters? I think too much some, pressure. Something. Yeah, definitely. I mean, come on. Uh, I think for sure. But th- I think it goes back to well, it doesn't go back to anything. But I think it goes to 
um, people being very impatient, mm. and and they just they lose sense of what's they lose sense of the real world. I mean, like at the end of the day, it's, it's you know he's an eighteen year old kid, right? But people don't give a shit. They just want to win. They yeah. don't care. Like I don't give a fuck if he's eighteen. Don't play him. That's their argument. Well, you know I don't give a shit. So what? Don't play him. Play somebody else. Why are we relying on youngsters now? Like, but when they're doing great, they love the fact that they're young. Oh look, you know, like my club only plays youngsters, and yeah. they're not buying these expensive players, right? But when they're not doing great, it's like, why the fuck are we playing these youngsters? Cheap club. It's, uh, football fans sometimes really, I scratch my head. I'm Dude, like, the Twitter fans are the worst. worst. Instagram fans are too. Facebook fans are just like, it's just just old people. Dude, it's like it's brain cell destroying. <laughs> There's just a lot of it, I, I'm convinced that social media and, and what comes to football is just like that's where you go and see stupid shit. Well, you're giving idiots a platform to speak. <laughs> like not everyone deserves a voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's some people who you should keep that at the pub and talk shit at the pub, but like you're broadcasting those thoughts. But the, the craziest thing but you is you got the same idiots at the pub who are drunk, <laughs> tweeting on their phone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's being kept at the pub but they're fucking talking about it on their phones <laughs> it's um I just uh, so what do you think Arsenal needs to fix if you were to sign a player right now that could like not not turn the performance around but could be the missing link because you said Arsenal's always wanted two players away I mean like now it's a different story but now it is a different story however yeah. let's assume that they are one or two players away that, or you feel like one or two players that could bring them back on the right track um you know, for all his good qualities, he does have a lot of faults. I think replacing Pepe would do us a lot of good. He he struggles to finish. He struggles. <laughs> <laughs> like with who? Who would you replace Pepe with? Another, I don't know, man. Um, a left-footed player? A winger. Fuck. Who, who's a good... Fucking Riyad Mahrez instead of Pepe would do... Oh, do you know what? Instead of looking to uh, within England, maybe someone in Spain, although the Spanish tend to... Do you have anybody? Asensio? Or Isco. I like that kid. But that kid's always subbed on, man. Essentially, every time I see mm. this guy score, he's coming from the bench. I think it's I think mainly because he was coming back from a very long injury. So oh, yeah. it's still a slow progress back. But like... Not Isco, though. East, I don't know what's his deal. Isco's like hot and cold sometimes. I mean, I would have really liked him, but... Uh, Isco, when he was 24, 25. Like, like yeah, legit, like five years ago. Isco, five years ago, that's who you want. I really like Alexander Isaac. Alexander. Uh, oh, uh, Swedish, the, the Swed- Swedish player, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That guy is a beast he's very good i would love to replace him with uh either obar laka mm. i mean it, the time has come for one of those two anyway to leave so i think that kid would be great for the future especially if you if you look at the season we've just been signing younger players so we're looking for a younger profile of players for the future uh, i think isaac would do incredibly well for this arsenal team um who else could we get maybe marcel sabitzer oh that's a good uh, one from uh leipzig i think he's at Bayern now Oh yeah, he's not leaving. Was he a Bayern? I think, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's in Bayern. He's not yeah, leaving. Fuck. Um, <laughs> Get back, Serge Gnabry. <laughs> Bruno, dude, I would love Serge Gnabry. Oh yeah, I think that kid instead of Pepe. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, do you know who I want to see? I want to see more Canadians coming into uh, the Premier League. There's a uh, there's three. I mean, there's links of Jonathan David at Lille. He might go to Liverpool. Uh, that that's been a rumor. Alfonso Davies, apparently his dad's a Chelsea fan, so that could Get, be a th- that will break my heart now. That, that that could be a thing. Um, do you know Tejon Buchanan? Uh, I've heard of him. I mean, I, I don't follow the Canadian team too much. I just know about Fonzie. Um, yeah, Tejon Buchanan. He plays for New England, and he's 
a great winger. He's a beast. He just got signed to Club Bruges, and I could see him. He's still young. He's like 23, but like I could see him develop, and I could see him go to a club like Arsenal and like maybe fix things up. Where does he play? He plays in New England. No, but, no, but what position? Uh, he plays on the wing, so he could play left wing or right wing. Oh, nice. And okay. he's right footed and a uh, great dribbler, great speed. He could finish. Uh, he could be a good like he has all the assets that Pepe has except just right footed. Huh. Except better. I, I think he's a little better than Pepe. Are you? Is that what you think? That's what I think. But are Pepe, you biased? I am. Yeah. I'm a huge, <laughs> I'm a huge Buchanan fan, so I'm very biased. Yeah. So I think this with a grain of salt. I think Pepe is good, but I think uh, what really what's the word I'm looking for? But I think for Pepe, um, what the fuck's the, whatever. But I think for Pepe, it's more so to do with this price tag than anything because uh, he's, he's definitely a forty million player. But he's being sold for what? He was sold for like seventy two. Oh my And it's not God. his fault. But I think that's what gets a lot of fans upset when they see Pepe play because in their mind they think we're not getting a 72 million pound player. Yeah, they're being the fans feel right? ripped off, yeah. So the fans do feel ripped off. It's not your fucking money at the end of the day, but whatever. Yeah. So well, that's that's another thing about the fans, right? It's crazy how like the fans they care so much about what a player costs. Yeah, I like do you know what I always and never and never understood whenever they buy, let's say a club buys a player like like Pepe, 70 mil, who is worth like 40, 50 mil. Yeah. And everyone gets upset. They're like, I expect you to perform like a 70 yeah, mil. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it, the player doesn't decide how much he's yeah. worth. Like, like, you know he's originally worth 40 mil, so that's what you should expect. If anything, get mad at the owners for jacking the, or the agents or whoever for jacking the price up. Because like, um, I don't know if you know, but like Neymar's dad, when he got him, when he went from Barca to PSG, was like, what, 220 mil uh, euros? His dad got like 15, 20% of that transfer fee. For brokering the deal, you know what I mean. I'm like, there's a lot of fuckery behind the scenes when it comes to the money. There's a lot of fuckery, and I heard I think Pepe, um, there was some fuckery behind Pepe's deal too. I think he was he was actually supposed to be sold for 40 mil. I think Lille were asking for that much, but Arsenal ended up being 72. The asking price was around 40, 45 mil, which is reasonable for a player like that. That's what I'm saying. That's what the asking price was. But I think Arsenal ended up being 72 because money was being shifted around between certain people, and I think the name. At the time, was Raul Sanlehi or mm-hmm. Sanheli? San, San, I think it was. Anyway, it was Raul, um, and he got fired because of that. Oh wow! They didn't. They didn't publicly say, it, but he got fired. So, what do you think? Oh yeah, let's talk about scouting. Arsenal scouting. Now we're on this uh, on the topic oh. of recruitment. Well, okay, fill me in. What is going wrong with or yeah? What is going wrong with Arsenal scouting? Um. Well, I wouldn't. Is there? Either, I wouldn't be the person to talk to about this. I don't know exactly what's going on, but. but. From what I understand, we went from um, we went from having multiple we went from having a full scouting network in multiple continents, right? right? So South America, uh, Europe, you know, North America. I mean, I don't know where the fuck they were stationed, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah. you know, I've played I've played football manager. So, <laughs> so we went we went from having like a bunch of scouts everywhere um, to scrapping all of that. Um, I think maybe from a cost perspective as well. Okay, but also. We, we started relying more on individual connections um, within the football or within the realm of, of football. So, you know, instead of using our scouts, we just went through super agents or we just went through agents themselves to try mm. to find us players. I think from what I've read. Um, clearly not working. No, I wouldn't say clearly, man. I think it's been going pretty well. Oh, yeah. Okay. Lately, I think. Because personally, I'm I'm really happy with the players that we've signed so far. Fair enough. Um, I mean, we've we've had some, a couple of stinkers, but I mean, I think every club has stinkers. Yeah. Um, I mean, Yaya Sonogo. What are you talking? That was the best player of all time. For Arsenal. <laughs> like, 
And you know, Yaya Sonogo had nothing to do. Yaya Sonogo was part of the old scouting uh, oh, okay, system, okay, if okay, I, okay. I recall. Oh, yeah, because uh, Vengers uh, signed them, right? The Chaos Factor, yeah. yeah. There's something up with this kid, man. But um, <laughs> fucking, okay, William. I don't know why we got we got in William. Or maybe I think I do. Um, okay, you got to be honest here. But did you expect William to be this shit for Arsenal? No. Okay, me neither. He was great at Chelsea. Exactly, me neither. Yeah. Although a lot of people were saying, I can't believe we're getting another Chelsea reject. We're paying this guy like however much we're paying. Yeah. Just to fucking do what? To retire at Arsenal, whatever. Everybody had their arguments. But I personally didn't expect him to be this shit. Yeah, because he was, he was amazing at Chelsea. But what really fucking bothered me was the fact that he was shit, yet we continued to play him. Oh. It's like, it's like what's the symptoms of being like uh, crazy? You Some just, shit like that, yeah. It's like you keep doing the same result. Doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Over and over again. Over and yeah. over again. But you can't use that argument in football, though. Because you never know, right? You never know. You never know. What if he has a he, he can have a good day and sometimes he have, he'll have a bad day? Yeah, you never know. But I, I also think um, he was he was doing really well in training. I think he just had the right attitude in training. But like mm. on, on the field, it just wouldn't translate. He was just so fucking useless. And what about David Luiz? <laughs> Loved him. Was he great at he made He made a couple mistakes. But he always there, does. But, he, but you love his attitude. Um, mm. And I think he saved our ass a lot more times than he didn't. And he also got unlucky a couple times with red cards. I think Arsenal yeah. is notorious for red cards simply because we're Arsenal and because we have the players for it. <laughs> like, Xhaka could look at you wrong and he'll get a yellow card. <laughs> oh, actually, let's talk about Xhaka because he seems to be a controversial player. How do you feel about him? I like him. Yeah? Yeah, I like him. I hope nobody on Reddit's listening to this podcast, but I really like him. Everybody on Reddit shits on him. They hate him. Yeah, because um, he plays well for Switzerland. He's a fantastic fucking player, but I, I, for the life of me, I, I, think, I think they just don't like his face. Well, he's good looking. <laughs> I, you know, I, it's funny because I always say, like, if you look at Xhaka, you take Neuer and you take Ronaldo, and these two, for some reason, like, if they had, like, a drunken night and they fucked and they had a baby, <laughs> granite, granite Xhaka would be the byproduct. He would be that kid. Oh, as pale. It's a love child between Manuel Neuer and Cristiano Ronaldo. The facial structure of Ronaldo with, like, the paleness of Neuer. And the hair. And the well, hair of I'm Neuer. I'm just saying, it's, it's this, uh, I'm telling you, that's fucking, if good. you don't believe me, go go check <laughs> go check I don't know what happened man in the Euros at one point but uh, but yeah so um, I really like Granit Xhaka I think he has mistakes in him mm-hmm. and I think it's just the nature of his position and the nature of how the team is set up that like it's unfortunate that sometimes it might be obvious that the mistakes are coming from him or maybe it might be too obvious that the mistakes are coming from him but I think the way the team is set up, that's that's what people see. Right. Um, but in reality, it's I, I really don't think he's the problem. I really do not think he's a problem. I mean, I I checked, I think, one season. I, I think it was last season. Um, I did a comparison of games that we've played with Xhaka in the squad versus games that we've played without Xhaka. And we ended up winning maybe 55 or 60% of the games with Xhaka in the squad. Do you feel... To me, when I hear that, I feel like that seems more about not so much his technical performance on in the game i mean that's definitely an influence but more about um how the how the team resonates with him yeah. as a leader you know? yeah i think so too you know i think he's very vocal he organizes the team uh when we're one nil down uh you can see jacket just like trying to lift the team up even when we're one nil up and we score a goal and i've seen this you know on, on camera where like we'll all celebrate and then after we're done celebrating while we're walking back the you know to the um, to, to our center positions, Jacko would be telling the team guys focus, stay focused. It, it would just be him. Mm. He he would just be trying to you know rally the team up and, and trying to keep everybody focused. And 
Because um, I see him as a fantastic leader. He's like, I don't want to compare him to this player. Okay. Well, but he's like Chabi Alonso. How, I, how so? I, in the sense that like, he's the type of player who will get the ball. I don't want to say they're equal in skill. skill yeah. but I, I really don't want to say that. <laughs> but I'm just saying the role that they play is as important um, mm. maybe like a Henderson for Liverpool. Oh, I see. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. See, yeah. like you always get that one player who's going to take the shit, but at the end of the day, they're 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 very instrumental in how the team plays because they control the tempo of the team. It's, yeah. That's Xhaka, man. Do you know, like uh, you brought up Henderson. Uh, one thing that Hen- I learned uh, fairly recent, that what Henderson's really good at uh, is uh, in the dressing room. Like, Oh, he'll just rally the team up? When he Apparently, he's very good at speeches, but Klopp... Nice. Club has a policy where they can understand him. <laughs> His thick uh, Jordy accent, <laughs> but apparently, like Klopp has a very strong thing because this is when the uh, the All or Nothing documentaries were being filmed at Tottenham and and City. Yeah. Now at Arsenal, oh, let's talk about that. Um, oh my God. City and uh, was that City and Tottenham? And then I think someone asked him, "Would you do something like that?" Not necessarily with All or Nothing, but with just any documentary. He said, "No, no one's coming to my dressing room. That's only us." And I was oh, like, yeah. "I love that." I was like, "Let's keep it mysterious." I kind of like that. I don't want to. I don't want to know how the hot dogs make. I just want to know if it's delicious or not. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and and right now this hot dog is very good. It's good steamy. Um, but oh, yeah. how do you think this Arsenal documentary all or nothing is gonna turn out? So one thing about that, I heard that Arteta had nothing to do with the decision making. He didn't even know that we were doing one. Oh, that's not good. Well, I mean, it's not that. It's just it's not up to him. It's up to the board. This is it's it's but, a money like you said. It's a business, man. Like, but also, just, it's like it's like a marketing. It's free marketing for them. Well, yeah, I don't know. Free, free maybe, but, maybe I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea. I mean, what do I know? But what the f- fuck do we agree to do this in a season where we have nothing it's a good story if you think about it well whatever if you say so like or, or maybe or maybe they just amazon was like it's this season or no bro like uh, we're not coming back next season because so, i don't know maybe that was probably what was put on the table if you think about it, all or nothing like the first season with city they won everything and that was like the best that time. was all and nothing <laughs> yeah like that was all and then what tottenham was like Oh, you know, Tottenham was good because they fired Pochettino, then they brought Mourinho. I didn't watch Tottenham. That was really you should watch it. Really? It's it's actually I, I think, don't know, man, because the thing is, I watched I watched the City one, and I really started to like City because of that. So I don't <laughs> want my opinion of Tottenham to change. Um, it definitely humanizes them. So. Yeah, so fuck that. <laughs> uh, I watched it. I watched it twice just to see if I missed anything. Uh, it was. It was really <laughs> good. Just to see if you missed anything. Yeah, like watching like a complicated movie, I guess. <laughs> but I watch it, and um, the one story I did like the most of all of it is uh, the Tanganga story, how he came through the youth academy, and then his first game at the senior level, he was very impressive. Oh, yeah. I, I really like that. And then there was also how Mourinho... St- the reason why I wanted to watch it was to see Mourinho's style of coaching. Uh, and it's fascinating. Is it? It's. Uh, I can understand why and how it gets toxic very quick. Oh, because... He plays mind games with his players. A little bit. But, like, the one thing he says, which I find hilarious, he's like, this team is just, you guys are too nice. You're too nice as players. You're too nice as people. And uh, I guess now no one likes to use his word. He's like, I need you guys to be fucking cunts. That's what he says. He's like, I need you guys to be assholes out there. Yeah. And I was like, that is fascinating because that's the right man you want to bring if you want to turn a nice boy team to, like, a bad boy team. Arsenal had that problem, too. We were just too nice. Yeah. Is it still the case today? Um no, I think it's changing. Uh, I mean with David Luiz, I feel like it changed that which helped that, change. But maybe he brought that Chelsea mentality into the dressing room for sure. Yeah. But I think Arteta, when I know when he first joined, uh, there were he was saying something about you know we need to change the culture of the club, we need to change the attitude, we need to start getting rid of certain players, mm. uh, get rid of the deadwood, the toxicity within the club. Um, so I think we're slowly, slowly doing that. 
how long would it take for Arteta to get what he wants in terms of performances and stuff? I think this is the season for him to actually turn things around. If not this season, the next. I, w- I would say if, I w- if you're a really impatient person from the board, uh, this would be the last season. But if you were patient, then I would give him one more year after this. Because mm. he did... I mean, think about it. He did just bring in six, seven new players. And how often do you see six, seven new players hit the ground running and like attain every objective in their first season and yeah. i think second season if you're a patient person second season would be that season and also like the, we can't forget the covid the covid factor right not not only did he get covid but like covid really changed the COVID entire changed game everything yeah. so if i could just say as well um let's go back to you know arson wenger um when i said that Arsenal were a club in decline even since wenger's years during wenger's years a lot of people st- started to grow impatient from Wenger's last years. Mm. And then you start bringing in somebody like Unai Emery and you expect change and then change doesn't happen for two years. That impatience grows even more. Uh. So what happens when you're carrying it from Wenger to Emery and now to Arteta? When the first season we didn't do much with it, okay, FA Cup, and then the second season, or it was, he, he joined in half season in, right? So right. whatever, you had a half season, FA Cup, and then Arteta's full season, which was the COVID season. When we didn't really do very well, we finished eighth, that impatience carried on from Wenger's years. That frustration was carrying on from Wenger's last years. Mm. And now all that shit is being thrown onto this new manager, which I think is not fair. Yeah, I, I It's I, really not fair for the guy. COVID happened. It's unlucky. What else? I mean, I remember that there was a point during Christmas, during the COVID years, where we were having, we were playing really, really well, despite the results. But you get stupidities like a red card. Um, David Luiz getting a red card for clipping somebody with his knee was barely a touch I'm sure that. you've seen those I memes remember that. it was ridiculous no matter what Arsenal did it was just unfortunate um, and I don't want to be that guy but I think VAR really really royally fucked us there was a stat that said that Arsenal got the worst amount of this I don't know about the worst amount but like Arsenal got like the most decision against them the most stuff. decisions against them and none of them were overturned or you know what I'm saying like hmm. it's it's crazy fucking stat but like do you think like, do you think, because sometimes I wonder that, like, the refs must, because the refs do have a certain bias towards certain players. Like, if, let's say, uh, I remember that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, as a club, I feel like there's some sort of weird bias towards Dude, Arsenal. absolutely. Harry Kane can go fucking fuck the ref's mom, can go shoot somebody <laughs> in the head, and he probably wouldn't even get a yellow card. I'm just saying. But Xhaka, Xhaka would, like, okay, Xhaka's stupid sometimes, but, like, anything Xhaka would do would could easily could be put under a microscope. mm and there's definitely a reputation for that. I mean, it's not just so. I, I like it, it sucks that we don't have video in this, but I would really like if if I could, I would really love to go back to the Manchester Aston Villa game. I don't know if you remember this, but Bruno Fernandez they they've dubbed him Penandez for a fucking reason. Mm. I remember Bruno Fernandez stepped on the Villa player's leg or ankle and got the penalty call for him i don't know if you remember this man i don't i don't recall this at all you need to go check this out afterwards i implore anybody who's listening to this to type in aston villa manchester united bruno fernandez penalty it was probably one of the most blatant decisions like it made no sense actually now you bring that up i remember um it was recent like this week or last week ronaldo scored a goal i mean ronaldo's killing it right now that man that guy's he's a beast legend but he was his arm. Remember, there was a time when they first implementing VAR that if your finger was offside, you're offside. Like what? Le- like I remember they would measure like the smallest thing. Your hand was offside, that you're offside. 
where I remember Ronaldo's arm was offside, and I was like, "Oh, last week." Yeah, and I was like, "Shouldn't that be offside?" Well, I think they changed the rule because. Oh, thank God! Yes, they, I, I'm sure they changed the rule. Like it has to be his chest or something, right? Well, I think it's any part of the body that you can score with. Oh, oh thank God! Thank God! So you that's, can't score with your arm, so that doesn't count. That's far more reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Because like before, they were like all the smallest things. I'm like, "Are you kidding me, man?" Yo, actually, uh, on that front, you know, Arsene Wenger, he's um he's part of the FIFA board, I think, but he, yeah. he's doing something with FIFA, right? And he wants to implement a new offside rule where the 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 player the player's body has to be offside. Like, not, not not a part of the body, but the whole player's body Oh, has to be offside for it to actually count offside. So what's the point of VR? That's what we've been doing with linemen before, right? Like, with human errors, remember? Like, they always say, like, um, like that's one of the main reasons why they, they wanted a VR, because, like, a player would score, but his entire chest was offside. Or Well, I mean, you could still use VR for the, for the tackles and even for the offside, right? Like, just in case... Um, oh yeah, yeah, okay. You fine. know, yeah, yeah. just in case there's there's a marginal error on the other side of things. Yeah, yeah, sure. But it's interesting because his reasoning is um, he wants to promote a more attacking football, make it more fun, make it more because it's like if we're getting called offside for like your fucking pinky toe, you know, being like millimeter offside, then that's really no fun and it's mm. we're, we're ruining the game attacking wise. But then there's another argument that could be said. Well, I think teams are just going to defend even deeper. Speaking of Wenger, uh, well, yeah, Arteta as manager, rather. Uh, so what do you think, how much time, you, you just said Arteta needs like another year or two, but when do you think his uh, his managerial skills, as like in terms of results, when do you think it's going to start happening? It's already happened, though. But I mean, like, I guess in a way where it will just hush the, the haters and hush all the critics. Like, you'll always have critics, but you know what you'll, I mean? You'll, you'll always have the critics, I think. Um... But where Arsenal fans feel more confident with him. I think we just need a couple of wins uh, against some. We need convincing wins. I think the one nil wins, you know, as I'll welcome them any any day of the week. Um, but right now, the biggest focus would be the North London derby on Sunday. Oh, is this Sunday? It's this Sunday, baby. Uh, for those listening, right now we're recording on September twenty third of twenty twenty one. My head is still twenty twenty. So, <laughs> dude, last year never counted. Man. Yeah, I swear, yeah, for I real. Refund. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think I think we need we need some convincing wins, but we just need to um, string a few wins together. Like I said earlier, the Brentford game was inexcusable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why a lot of fans, you know, have kind of like a bad taste in their mouth about Arteta. Yeah. Um, but not only that, you know, when you go from losing Brentford to Chelsea to Man City, that's three in a row. Worst start for Arsenal in whatever years. All these crap stats to come out. And it's just negativity after negativity for yeah. three straight weeks. Um, you know, it makes a lot of sense, right? But I just think, you know, we've, we've beaten Norwich, Burnley, uh, Wimbledon, whatever. It's the EFL Cup, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I think maybe one or two more games, you know, convincing wins. And I think we'll finally start jumping on that Arteta bandwagon again. And is the North London Derby at Emirates or is yep, it? Yep, yep, it's, it's uh, at yeah. the Emirates. And I, 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 I don't want to sound biased, but I really do think that's a game that we're going to, um, we're going to come out on top. Um, I, I don't, I don't believe in Nuno's Spurs. Yeah, too well. I, I was being, I was going to say that they don't look convincing right now. No, um, I think they had a couple of, I mean, early on in the season, I think they had some good games. They beat City, they beat uh, Wolves, but, I don't know. It just it was like that new manager bounce type thing, and yeah. you know I'm watching their games and they don't really they, they don't look too too hot. 
Yeah, uh, I agree. I think they, I think Arsenal could get away with a win. If you had to choose between who who were to leave, Lacazette or Aubameyang, if you had to choose one of them for them to leave Arsenal, it's tough. I I really like Lacazette. I like the way he links up with the team. Me too. But Oba is an out and out goal scorer. Um, it's tough. I I think Lacazette brings more to the team right now, so I would have to say uh, Oba. Interesting, interesting. But Obama is kind of like he's in the captain role, right? Like in that leadership. Yeah, position. he should never have gotten it though. Mm, nah, he, he should. He should. He, he should never have gotten it. I don't think he's a he's captain material. Mm-hmm. I think I'd probably give it to Tierney or Xhaka. Yeah, yeah. I, I would give it to definitely Tierney yeah. or even Odegaard. Maybe, but it's too early for Odegaard. But yeah, he he's definitely uh he's definitely a candidate for maybe VC vice captain. Yeah, I like that. I can see that. Um. All right, Greg. So we're pushing over an hour now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it was a good conversation. It didn't feel like an hour, to be honest. No, not at all. I think uh, you know it's always interesting when you talk about the um, topic that you love, especially Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And um, I guess my last question would be: Where do you? How do you see Arsenal panning out in the future? I think I'm an optimist. Uh, well, actually, I'm I'm really not an optimist. I'm a realist. But uh, when it comes to Arsenal, I'm 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 a blind optimist. So. Like like you said, it's you know this is a cyclical sport, right? And I think we're at the bottom of it right now. So, you know, if 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 you if you look at Arsenal as like a like a big ship that needs to turn, uh, you know, when you go from top four to top you know to six to eighth place and then eighth place again for two seasons running, that to me is kind of like a signal that says okay we're we're in decline, but eight season two seasons running is kind of like that turning point where we're you know just if, you, if you look at it as a stock right it goes down yeah and you know we're consolidating at eighth place i think um moving forward we're probably going to see arsenal um, slowly make its way up the table again and how long do you think they will and how long do you think that'll happen this season this season this season i'm not, I'm not saying we're going to be title challengers this season but i think this season we, we will definitely be top six if i had to say Okay, at that's optimistic. Least, I like that. At the very least, top six. Uh, by next season, I don't think we'll make top four, but I do think... A Europa League spot for sure. I think by next season, maybe top five or even top six again. Mm. Um, but who knows? Who knows? I, I do think I do think Arteta is the right man for the job, despite what the results have been showing uh, so far. Okay, awesome. It's just take into consideration the bad luck Yeah. and all the stuff that's been happening. I, I still think, you know... Just, just give the man some time. I, yeah, same. And it's also his first like full time job as a as a manager of a big club. And I think people tend to forget that because he was assistant coach at that. Like, yeah. Pep's assistant coach. So they were like, oh, he's like the he's like the understudy of Jesus. You know, it's like okay, come on, man. Like you know what I mean? Like he was, he's a, he's an assistant coach. Like give him a break. And also like he's still learning as a full time coach. You know, I. I Besides that, he's a good-looking man. Uh, I'm pretty biased, pretty privileged, so I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, if that's a, if that's a criteria. <laughs> yeah, that's a criteria. But I would have loved to seen him coach at like a mid-level club, a mid-table club in Spain, because I think he would have done really well there, like a Real Sociedad or Athletic Bilbao, you know, something like that. I don't know, man. Maybe this guy just needs he needs a, he needs money. Maybe he needs a he needs sure. like a Pep style squad to actually make things happen. But then again, couldn't we say that any manager with that Man City money could make anything happen? You know what I mean? Like, arguably. Arguably. Um, I mean, Zidane, when he inherited Madrid, he had <laughs> Ronaldo, Benzema, and Bale. Like, come on, you know? But you know what? 
I mean, I, fuck, I know, I know we've been pushing on it, but like, has there any, has there been a manager in recent times that failed with an expensive squad? Uh, Rafa Benitez with both Madrid and Inter Milan. He failed? Well, was he at Madrid? I don't remember. Oh yeah, he was at Madrid. He failed at, at Inter. He inherited Jose Mourinho's treble winning Inter and he just tanked. And that, that, that's the thing about Rafa Benitez. He's good with, like, mid-level clubs. Mid-level clubs. But like, he won the Champions League with Liverpool. But that Liverpool ridiculous. That, but that Liverpool side was not supposed to win. If you think... I mean, like, on paper versus that AC Milan team with, like, Gattuso, Pirlo, Kaká, yeah. Sierdorf, uh, uh, Shevchenko, Dida, Baldini. Like, dude. And Cafu. Like, how are you supposed to beat that team? And he beat it with like a good Steven Gerrard, a good Jimmy Carragher. I mean, they were great, but they're good. Dirk Kout, man, Dirk. legend. <laughs> oh no, that was uh, that was after. But yeah, like uh, what? He wasn't playing. No, the the first 2005 Dirk Kout was in in the team. Who the hell? Uh, Maybe it was Reese. Yes, Reese. It was Reese. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was like a an okay. It was a good Liverpool team, but not like yeah. it's not AC Milan level. <laughs> But you know what? Like, yeah. But I think you're right. I'm I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about Arteta. Um, I, I think it's a breath of fresh air to know that there are level-headed Arsenal fans out there. Um, and also Martin Udegaard, great signing. And uh, when dude Saka, Martinelli, Smith Rowe. Yeah, the youngsters dude, are good. These kids are exciting, man. We have a lot to be excited for. And like I said, man, our signings have all been young profile players: Ben White, Nuno Tavares. Yeah. Um, Samuel Conga, Aaron Ramsdale. I mean, this is this is a squad for the future. Um, yeah. People, it's not, pe- not going to happen, you know. Now, maybe next season, maybe the season after. But um, I think, yeah. Regardless of what happens, I think if Arteta does get the boot, I think one thing we could say is that he did set us up for success for the next this, manager. This, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But anyway, Greg, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Thanks for driving out to my house. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I mean, nobody really wants to listen to an Arsenal uh, fan speak about Arsenal, so I do appreciate the platform (laughs) here. Um, But like I said, I wanted to know what it was like to be an Arsenal fan, and I hear a lot of... um... It's garbage. (laughs) Do not become an Arsenal fan. The one thing we do have for us is that we're incredibly loyal, so I think I could put that on my resume. And there's Arsenal fans anywhere in the world, so there's... Does that too? Like, yeah, but I don't. Like, I don't like most Arsenal fans. So it doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> anyway, so to everyone listening, thank you for being an audience. Uh, thank again, thank you, Greg, for coming in. Thanks so much. And uh, for all those listening, uh, anything you want to plug? I guess or just nah. no, nope, no plug. Just no plug. Uh, keep supporting the team. Stay off Twitter, Instagram. Enjoy life. Um, if you see me on Reddit, well, you wouldn't know who I am. But <laughs> you'll see me as the optimist on Reddit. So um, that's funny. Hopefully, I can uh, I can sway your your negative views. <laughs> so, to everyone listening, thank you for being an audience. Um, I guess from Montreal, this is Soccer Pilgrim. Thank you. Mm-hmm.